Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about what's going on inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema. My name is Nick Aldrink and I am the digital media specialist at the Michigan Theater and I'm joined by three guests who also work for the Michigan Theater. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, my name is Nadim Persico Shamas and I'm one of the managers at the State Theater. Hi, my name is Jonathan Griffith. Uh, I'm the sponsorship assistant in development at Michigan Theater. And I'm Jean Marie Mink, and I am box office at the state. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for Jonathan, your first time being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> for those of you, uh, if you want to know more about Jonathan, if you've walked by the Michigan Theater and you've seen some of our very beautiful film series posters, those were made by Jonathan. Like the Fate of the Yours one was particularly particularly my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and as well the Bergman and what else have you? What other ones have you done? Hmm. Or let's see, in recent memory, I think in. This year alone, I uh, did our Enter the Samurai film series. Yeah. I think my personal favorite uh, was Lone Wolf and Cub, actually. Yeah. I was a big fan of that, how it turned out. Uh, and also, we did a Monty Python series in April. Oh, that's which, right. Which I also contributed mm-hmm. to, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There, I might be missing a couple. Okay. Well, that's okay. That's off the, top, <laughs> off the top of the dome. That's what I can remember. So. But just to be clear, your graphic design and art, art, artistic skills are not why we hired you in the first place, that right? Is, that is correct. <laughs> that was just yeah. a wonderful bonus we got. It, 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 absolutely. You know? That's great. Uh, I do a, a great many things uh, uh, at Michigan Theater. Don't and, we all? <laughs> <laughs> indeed, you know. Uh, but uh, people found out. Actually, so I work at Michigan Theater part-time. And uh, outside of my role in development, I am a freelance illustrator. Uh, so I do loads of uh, commercial illustration, uh, and I write and draw comic books as well. Uh, mm. So can I do a quick plug? Yeah, absolutely. Check me out on Instagram, John Famous. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a website or anything as well? Uh, no, no. No. I use I use my Instagram website, account. Website, come on. <laughs> 2018. <Yeah. laughs> Websites are dead. I uh, I use my I use my Instagram account for the time being. Uh-huh. Uh, once I can allocate a little more time to to developing yeah. my presence a little more, I'll mm-hmm. I'll have one of those archaic websites. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, John underscore the underscore famous <laughs> and Instagram. Come Beautiful. be my friend. Yes, yes. Fo- uh, follow him. How do, yeah, that, that's what you do on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, there you right? go. There you go. Yep. Yep. So, uh, based on uh, what you, uh, you just told us, there's a reason why I asked you to be on the podcast today because uh, there is a, a film called Mirai that is opening at the State Theater. Uh, that or that is now playing at the State Theater, and me and you, uh, we saw it at the the, the same showtime, and we had a pretty good conversation about it. And I just Definitely. want to bring this pod, that conversation to to uh, to the podcast. So tell us uh, quickly, just uh, w- w- your 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 general thoughts of Mirai, what you came out of it, thinking, so and feeling. General thoughts. It is, it's a heavy movie, but not in a sort of a exhausting way. Mm-hmm. It, it very. Uh, Delicately and and beautifully gives you a a, a very lofty message one uh-huh. one could say uh, but definitely something you walk away from feeling pretty darn good yeah I would say and uh, we are talking about how it gave us it, gave, it easily gives you this this slight ex- existential crisis <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> man I yeah it's hard to speak on that without giving too much yeah. of the film away because the moment where it sort of elicits this emotion in you is is really when it it threads the needle of the narrative. And yeah. so I don't really want to speak on that too much. I want mm-hmm. people to just go experience it. But absolutely, you get a very stark realization in that moment with what the film is trying to say. And you yeah. just sort of 
hold your head in mm-hmm. your hands and you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll talk that people uh, who don't know what Mirai is. It's an anime. Uh, who's the director of it? Uh, that's Mamoru Hosoda. Okay. Yep. And basically, the, just the general plot is there's um, a young girl and uh, she gets a, a new baby brother. And then, uh, of course, the baby brother starts oh, getting... Gender's the other way around. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, young, yeah, yeah. Young yeah. four-year-old boy named Kuhn. Yes, yes. And then he gets a baby sister. Baby sister, yep. correct. Thank you for Named Mirai. They named Mirai, mm-hmm. which means future in Japanese. That's right. Yep. Um, and so this... Um, with the with the arrival of the new baby sister, uh, he starts feeling neglected by his parents, or je- maybe not neglected, but he's he's definitely jealous of of, of the, the the attention his parents definitely. are giving to uh, to their to their new daughter, and then he enters some some time portal. Or I guess they they they, they, they the, the time start. I don't exactly know how, how what was happening, but there is so one. One of the weird sort of subplots of the film is uh, involves the father of, uh-huh. of the young boy named Kuhn. He's an architect. And uh, you see is the there's kind of a time jump in the beginning of the film from when the, the protagonist is just a very young boy and first came home from the hospital mm-hmm. to being four years old and experiencing his mm-hmm. new sister coming home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you see over time that the father has continually developed their little home, which yeah. used to just be this tiny cottage in this pretty sizable lot to this incredibly intricate house full of several rooms but specifically for for uh, the the plot point that Nick's trying to point out mm-hmm. this garden mm-hmm. that the boy constantly keeps wandering through mm-hmm. and so this is sort of one of the the this um what would you call it like qualities of the film is this this garden becomes this portal for the young boy to sort mm-hmm. of see these key figures in his life. Yeah. So so again, without revealing too much about the movie, the young uh, the young boy starts flashing flashing forward and backward through time and seeing all these key moments in the. It's, it's sort of like like it's like it's a wonderful life anime. Mm-hmm. It's kind of mm-hmm. what the best way to describe Definitely. it. Definitely, because you, you you're going back and seeing all these key moments <laughs> of, of 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 people's lives in the future and in the past of who's around them, and then all of a sudden, towards the end, the movie really just like hits a hits a theme Definitely. and then you once you realize what they've been what they've been trying to tell you this whole time it's <laughs> just it leaves you shaken mentally <laughs> i like that yeah it is definitely is like it's a wonderful life but told through the viewpoint of like a petulant little four-year-old <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah yeah how how was the animation because i i i've seen anime i but i i'm, I'm definitely not I'm not uh, an expert in anime, and to me, the animation in particular was was special. Would, would you oh, yeah. would, would you agree? Absolutely, it is lush, beautifully uh-huh. animated for sure. Uh, I mean, the the filmmaker Soda, you know, he he comes from a, a lineage of working with some pretty high quality animation studios in Japan. You know, he he cut his teeth at places like Toei and uh, Studio Madhouse, uh, known for their beautifully animated shows. He actually mm-hmm. got a start on things like Dragon Ball Z and stuff oh, really? like that. Yeah, and, and Digimon. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then he made a name for himself 
uh, when he did feature length films for some of those kind of kid shows, like One Piece and things like that. Okay. But through his connections at Madhouse is how he was able to start making his own feature length animated movies. Oh, okay. Uh, and then broke off because they were such a huge success mm-hmm. uh, to form his own studio, which is Studio Chizu, actually, mm-hmm. starting with Wolf Children, I believe, in hmm. 2012. Which is also a super rad movie that okay. everyone should see. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a lot of his his movies always sort of follow the same thread of, mm-hmm. of family, okay. like Mirai does for sure. So definitely, if you like Mirai, check out his other movies too. But absolutely, his first uh, original animated film was called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, I mm-hmm. believe. And I mean, even back then, that was like 2006. Just gorgeous, mm-hmm. beautiful movie to look at, and as sort of technology has has marched forward you know as Mm -hmm. as his filmmaking skills i mean it's still it's up there with the best of them for sure yeah and 2d animated films without a doubt i mean can definitely hang with the likes of of studio ghibli and things like that for sure yeah yeah and uh it, it is 2d animated but though it is 2018 there is computer animation involved. But uh, th- that was another thing we talked about after the movie was that it was seam- seamlessly interwoven Definitely. into the yeah. 2D and you really don't even notice it exactly when no. you see it because no. it's so well integrated. Absolutely, yeah. There, There's some massively intricate scenes in that film. Uh-huh. Uh, one that one that always stands out in my mind is is sort of towards the end of the film where the main character is taken to a train station mm-hmm. and it's just this huge sprawling structure with like thousands of people in it and tons of trains coming in and out and, and definitely utilizes probably everything every trick in the book to mm-hmm. to bring that scene alive but nothing stands out as being you know oh you know these people drew this by hand or oh that's so obviously made on a computer mm-hmm. like it just creates this huge seamless imaginative and gorgeous world for yeah, sure yeah, yeah very immersive yeah <laughs> well uh, thank you for coming by and oh, talking yeah. and talking about this my movie. pleasure I, yeah. We, yeah we had a, a great conversation we had and i um and yeah, thank you for being here. You're oh, yeah. you're, you're you're very busy. Uh, <laughs> oh, so yeah. so I don't want to keep you here. Thank so you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Uh, so thanks again. Yeah, thank yeah, you thanks. everyone. Now yeah. I want to watch it. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna give it a miss because it's a kids movie, right? Oh yeah. no. well. Well, it's it's a kids movie and then it's rated PG. Right, it's a right. family friendly movie. Oh, absolutely. You, you could say, but definitely not really geared to geared oh, toward yeah. kids. I think everyone should see Mariah for mm-hmm. sure. All ages, <laughs> all peoples. All right. Thanks. Thanks right. for having me, guys. Thanks, Jonathan. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye, Jonathan. All right. Bye. All right. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick pause here, and then we'll, we'll get back into it. Uh, all right. We're back. Um, Ooh, man. <laughs> we still we that still train ride was <laughs> such a pain. Can't believe we went all across the country. <laughs> Still have Nadim and Jean Murray with us, but uh, like uh, like I said, Jonathan had to step out. He's, he's a very busy person. Um, so l- I want to keep the the conversation going briefly about what else is playing at the Michigan Theater. Jean Murray, you said you've seen Green Book. What did you think of Green Book? Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was like an inverse of Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah, definitely a needed mm-hmm. a needed inverse of Driving Miss I, Daisy. I've been hearing a lot. There's been it's it's the reviews on it are mostly positive, but there have been some some that are mixed, mostly uh, in how the film deals with the race relations. Um, and I don't I tend I've I've read them and I understand their point, but I I don't 
necessarily agree with them because to me the movie wasn't necessarily it, it wasn't about race it, 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 it to me I, I saw the movie as about a friendship a lot of people saw the uh, saw this this movie as this movie is going to tackle racism and it's gonna it's gonna lead to a happy ending and yay racism is solved but yet it's 2018 <laughs> and the, and this is what, what we're still dealing with but to me, I, I, I never felt the movie was talking at me about or talking to me about that. To me, the movie was about a friendship. It was a, and a, to me, the, uh, it, it is very relevant today because uh, you find these two characters who have existed in their own bubbles for their ent- entire lives. Um, yes, not, not exactly. by the not by their choosing, um, but it is still how we how we've how the society has become today, where we're able to segment ourselves, and uh, you know, this side watches Fox News, Fox News, and they get their new, and then that's how where they get their information, and this side gets their information from CNN, or and it's just become that type of world where you're able to li- live in a bubble and believe your ideas and and live and and live on your own but this movie was about two people who form this this friendship who are odd who are who are this odd couple <laughs> based on where they've come from and also just their general personalities you know Viggo Mortensen is the loudmouth Bronx Bronxite I don't know how we, how what you call someone from the Bronx and uh. then Mahershala is like from Manhattan so, but and he's this very well-spoken type of person. Yeah. So you 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 do get that this odd couple storyline, but like I said, the movie is is a is really about friendship, and it is a nice story about two people that create a bond together through this experience. And how each one of them sort of breaks their hard edges mm-hmm. in order to allow the mm-hmm. other to see them, mm-hmm. to to really see them, and. Uh, and what they see is different than what they thought they would see, mm-hmm. which is really nice because it's not just about race. It's about it's about how men get along together. It's about mm-hmm. how straight people get along with gay people. It's how, you know, one class of person gets along with another class of person, mm-hmm. educated versus non-educated. There's a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. going on in there. Yeah. And it's been nominated, uh, it got some Golden Globe nominations for one in particular for Oh, now I don't remember. It's best picture, but I don't remember if it's drama or musical or comedy. It's it's got to be drama. Probably drama. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it it is from director Peter Farrelly uh, of uh, the Farrelly Brothers fame, who did who has done classic comedies in the past, and uh, he's not he's not uh, he's not afraid to to touch on that at times. Oh yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. a fun film. Mm-hmm. I was talking about that earlier. That mm-hmm. it's that it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave the other movie that's now playing. I'm, I'm going to use it for my movie, Magic Moment, at the end. But uh, come see Green Book. It's uh, still playing at the Michigan Theater. Um, so let's get, let's get into talking about some of the holiday stuff that is coming up. Uh, one in particular, not a holiday movie, but we've added Mary Poppins Returns. Is so that not a holiday movie? I don't think it's a holiday movie, and then it's about the holidays. It's mm, definitely, okay. but it, yeah. I, I, but I, I, I want to talk about it because it definitely is still a holiday it movie. It feels <laughs> like a holiday movie. Yeah. When I think about Mary Poppins, I think about uh, cheerful family fun. Yeah, which <laughs> I think also applies to any holiday. Mm-hmm. But, well, and Dick Van Dyke is makes a at least a cameo. Yeah, in there. he's in the trailer. I've, I've been uh, I've been speculating how much he's actually in it, and I'm not buying it that Julie Andrews <laughs> is not in this movie. Ah, I know because if she's I, not in it. Then what's 
Well, it, the, it, I, 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 I don't know how they would do it because Emily Blunt is playing Mary Poppins. Yeah, but, you know, Julie Andrews can play, like, some bit part. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you know, it's Mary Poppins, right? Like, yeah. It's like, you know, the doctor from Doctor Who. She can mm-hmm. be... <laughs> she can look like whatever. I just, I imagine if, if she is in the movie, it's going to be like a Luke Skywalker cameo at the end of Force Awakens. Oh, that'd be so cool. Where he turns around and she like throws back her head. And yet, it's Mary Poppins. And Dude, then the end. The Mary Poppins that... cinematic universe <laughs> opening up like three more sequels. Yeah. I don't think that Dick Van Dyke is going to be hooking up with the young, the young yeah. Mary Poppins. Well, you know. So it'll probably be something like Hollywood that. hasn't been on the best terms of uh, <laughs> no. men and women relating to each other. <laughs> That's right. But the, the, this movie picks up, uh, I only bring it, I really, because I, I like, it, it, it does uh, lead into our holiday uh, uh, holiday movie conversation, but also we didn't talk about it last uh, last uh, last time we talked about movies coming in December, and this has mm, been confirmed right, since right, right, then. Right. So I just wanted to bring that up. And Vox Lux, mm-hmm. uh, we, that wasn't confirmed yet, and that's opening at the state next week. But yeah, Mary Poppins returns. It's going to be, and there hasn't been. December has felt pretty slow in terms of or. You you usually have these big tentpole titles in December, mm-hmm. and we don't really have those this year. No uh, Star Wars no, this year. No Star Wars. Fantastic Beasts is the close closest thing that we've had mm. to uh, to a, a family holiday picture. And then, but Mary Poppins Returns. It's it's such the right time for this movie. It's it's something happy. It's something that's going to be fun and animated and colorful. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be looking at timeouts, like what to do at Christmas time mm-hmm. in London, and they're having Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which yeah. is <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. So, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's as good as any. It's other it's it's going to be so much fun, and I'm so happy that we're going to be playing it at the Michigan. It's going to be a great movie to it see to see on the big screen. And that has been nominated for a few things: best motion, mo- Mary motion, Poppins has? yeah, Mary Poppins really? for Golden Globes, uh, oh, the best wow. best motion picture, musical or comedy, best original score, best actress uh, for Emily Blunt, and best actor for Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, I've heard really good reviews of this movie, mm-hmm. and I was not expecting that. No, it's uh, every once in a while you 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 get those. In this in this age of remakes and reboots, some yeah. of them some of them get done right, and some of them get done very very right. Uh, mm. And th- I think this is going to be one of those. And uh, I think everyone's going to be excited to see it, including myself. Me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, holiday titles coming up at the Michigan State. Uh, I want to talk about our holiday horrors series first. Uh, rare exports. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is love actually doing in there? Is this a so complete... I feel like I have to explain myself a little bit on that one because <laughs> because I, I, love actually was really when we're talking about late night movies that was the first one I thought of. It was like we have to play love actually. Mm-hmm. This is one that always comes up in conversation around the holidays, and then uh, then I, then I got to like well well also I really want to play Gremlins and rare exports and then Nightmare Before Christmas kind of fell in there and then I was just like how do how do I deal with this and. I was like throw a holiday horrors <laughs> to me. I I've I, I posted on Facebook that we're doing all this stuff, and then love actually seems to be the one people are most excited about. But then they look at it. I hit one person posted on, on the Facebook event for it. It's like I'm feeling judged. 
And I was like, I, I, I just wanted to be like, no, I'm sorry. I, 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 to me, this is irony. This is me being, this is us being funny. It's not a comment on the quality of Love Actually, which I think a lot of people think is what <gasps> no, I'm no, saying. No, no, no. Is it? What, what do they think we're saying? That Love Actually is, in fact, a horror movie? No, no. That They think that we're saying that we think it's so bad it is a horror movie. Oh, no, oh. no. It's to just me, for the relationship phobic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, it to me is just, to me, I, 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 I called it the holiday horrors for irony. It was in no way a statement to the quality of that movie because <laughs> I'm probably going to go see it as well. And, in fact, it's showing at several pop-ups in London. So yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Now, Rare Exports yeah. is not a movie. I, I I think I heard about it from one of the Valet brothers. Mm-hmm. But could you talk about Rare Exports? Yeah, I don't know it. Rare Exports is it's made in 2010, and it is this Finnish uh, holiday horror movie. It's about a <gasps> a young boy and and his friend. Then they find there's this this construction site, this like top secret zone in their town and they come to find out that they think that they're uncovering Santa Claus. I have seen it. Uncovering yeah. like Yeah, like, like unearthing like this this like demonic Santa Claus. Oh. Wow. oh and yeah. then because of it there's um and they they, they they so they basically they capture Santa Claus and they're holding him uh, they're, they're keeping keeping them captured, trying, and then trying to keep them captured, and then all of a sudden, Santa's helpers start showing up, and these oh, are man. not elves; these are these are scary looking, <laughs> scary looking, uh, like older, like thin older men that show they're up, and they're super trying. Old dudes. Yeah, cool. they're, they're they 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 look like you know, like hobo Santas. And oh, the, sweet. Just, like Nine very, foot beards. Yeah, like like <laughs> like ninety. Yeah, just like very long beards, very like zombie Santa Clauses, I'll call them. Interesting. And they show up, and they're going to to try to save to save Santa. Whoa! And, that, what a great premise. Yeah. No. And it's it's. I think people will at least look at the trailer. Or when you talk about it, they think that this is one of those movies that it's so bad, is bad, it's good. Like it's like a schlocky horror title. It's not that at mm-hmm. all. This movie is fantastic. This movie, uh, Roger Ebert. I found an old uh, review of Roger Ebert. He gave it three and a half out of four stars, hmm. and he calls it a brilliant. He called it a brilliant lump of coal in your holiday stocking. <laughs> exports. Yeah, wow. and uh, I will check it out. And and, and not only is it, it's dark, but it's funny. And it really captures this child, childlike spirit. I mean, it's rated R, and it is very violent. But you're you're in the you're with this young boy throughout this this entire story, and it really does capture this nice holiday spirit to it as well. It's a very rare, very rare clash of of genres. Yeah, and I'm excited for people to see it. Actually, I rare exports. I saw it. This it was one. Of, I think it was the first movie I ever saw at the Michigan Theater before I before I worked there. Really? Before I worked here. Hmm. Uh, 2014, 2013, The movie was released in twenty ten, and I saw it. Uh, it like a, a, the screening room was packed when I saw it, and it was such a fun fun movie to it's see. It's great. And it's for, just for, great. For me, it holds a special place because, like I said, it's uh, cool. The, the first movie I saw at the Michigan, so I'm excited to show it again. Yeah. I hope I can uh, go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rare Exports, uh, Friday, it would, the, the day that this is posted, Friday, December 7th. So see it if you're listening it on Friday. See it tonight at 930. Uh, Gremlins plays Saturday, December 8th at midnight. And that's another one of those. I have to make sure I watch Gremlins every year. 
<laughs> I, I love Gremlins. It's so much fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but still very dark and funny. I named my cat Gizmo because of this movie. <laughs> We've talked about Love Actually uh, Friday, December 14th at 9.30 and The Nightmare Before Christmas to to finish it off December 15th at midnight. And uh, I think another one that's going to be really... I've never... I haven't... Uh, I've never seen that movie with a crowd and I expect yeah. it to be pretty pretty joyful and cheerful. I think we'll have a lot of people singing along. Mm-hmm. I hope so. It's uh, definitely encouraged if you want to come and sing along to, to Nightmare Before Christmas. Please come dressed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always is. love that. We'll take a picture of you, and we'll, we'll post it on our social media if you come in, come in costume. And then our holiday classic titles have been really popular. Uh, we had, uh, the past couple of weeks, we had Polar Express, which had like 900 people show up for. And then Little Women, we played last week, and uh, we had to put it in our screening room based on based on constraints of theater availability we had rosie revere engineer live in the main theater uh, on that sunday so but we still we packed the house 200 people showed up for little women it was really fun you were there oh yeah Yeah. very very enthusiastic audience Mm -hmm. i expected as much sniffing going on oh i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) yeah and then elf sunday december 9th stone cold classic mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, yeah elf is is such a joy to watch it's it's truly it's a wonderful life mm-hmm. for people born yeah. <laughs> contemporaneously that's uh i like that i like that comparison and it's um it's still will ferrell is not known for doing family <laughs> family comedies sure. <laughs> neither um, is james can neither yeah <laughs> con it, dear con. i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he still manages to pull off that that will ferrell <laughs> his spirit i guess yeah he's still able to to give you a, a very comedic performance spirit is the key word I think. yeah he's he, truly the cheerleader of the movie yeah and uh, he, but he's able to bring his his Will Ferrell, Ferrell persona to a family movie and still make it funny, and very funny too. I that's something that I like to I like to quote quite a bit. And uh, when you're in the Elf. holiday spirit, yeah, yeah, I love I, I love uh, talking about Elf. It's a wonderful movie, and mm-hmm. so is It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice segue! <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> Welcome. It's a Wonderful Life, Sunday, December 16th at 1.30. And this is one, uh, this is, I would put it in my, I think on Letterboxd, it's in my top four movies of all time. Whoa. I love Whoa. It's a Wonderful Life. It's huh. fantastic. But it's only, but it's the only movie, I think, in my top 10 that I'm only able, to, I, I, I force myself to watch it once a year. Mm. I have to watch it on Christmas Eve, and then I don't watch it any other time. That's good. Yeah. How it's do a good you tradition. find it every year on exactly Christmas Eve? Well, it, it still plays on NBC every oh. every Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, but I own it on Blu-ray. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but to see it with a big crowd. See, yeah. I, I I find myself in that debate every year. It's like, mm. do I want to come see It's a Wonderful Life uh, at the Michigan Theater? Because we had maybe like nine hundred to a thousand people show up the past couple years, and I I would like to see it. Uh, see it with that kind of crowd but grinning also, ear to ear yeah, as they come out of the theater yes uh, but i i don't know if i can uh, if i can see it early <laughs> uh, that f- to me that uh, mm-hmm. i i hold that tradition sacred to watch uh it's a wonderful life on christmas eve well there's obviously there's a lot of movies to watch between yeah, now and then yeah so. <laughs> and I, I and i'm not sure how i feel about 900 people Walking out of the theater and seeing me cry <laughs> 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 well they'll be crying too they will yeah 
to me, it's uh, that that always has to happen. I feel like every other year I watch it, I cry. For some reason, that's mm. how it happens. If you see a dark hump in the movie theater as everybody else has <laughs> left, it's Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kleenex. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, really excited about the holiday titles. Um, anything else more you want to talk about? you want to talk about Border and Burning that's opening uh, at the state today? Could you, could you remind? Oh, th- those are opening today? Well, Today, the, the, this today. episode, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, 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 today, today uh, wow. Friday, December, December um, 7th. I really want to see both of them. I've heard great things mm-hmm. about both, but they seem like very, very different movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, uh, everyone is saying walk into Border without knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, Good, because I know nothing about it. <laughs> Good. All right. So <laughs> then let's perfect. stop talking about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, I've heard it described uh, like Ali, the director Ali Abbasi's style is somewhere in between Ingmar Bergman and Lars von Trier. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> From the trailer, that seems about right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that they said, though, he leans, his style definitely leans towards Bergman. And it's not just because they're both Swedish. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he he has a very sensitive touch like Bergman does. But he's not afraid to shock you like Lars von Trier. And that's what I think that people are going to be walking out of this talking about is the shock value mm-hmm. of Border. But again, I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid to even talk uh, explain the plot because I almost I almost feel like I know too much about the plot, and I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for everyone else. Is it in color or black and white? It's in color. Okay. Mm-hmm. Black yeah. and white. I want to see Roma. Roma, yeah, and that's a little the, early yeah. to be talking about it, but I am. Mm-hmm. Opens next week, December fourteenth. That's only playing for a week. Okay. Next week is going to be a big week. Mm-hmm. We're opening at Eternity's Gate. We're opening Roma, mm-hmm. and we're opening The Favorite. Yeah, on the and same day, mm-hmm. I think. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Huge. yeah. December is is really packed, and uh, and burning. Uh, that has been uh, talked about. Uh, the IndieWire uh, they listed their top sixteen best performances of twenty eighteen, and Stephen Yoon they said uh, he was listed as number two of uh, best performances of 2018, just behind Ethan Hawke and First Reformed, <gasps> which... Uh, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Young was one of my favorite parts of uh, Sorry to Bother You yeah. earlier this year. <laughs> when he did, uh, he had the 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 twirling, what were they, he, he did like the breakdance thing with the, it obviously wasn't actually him. We had the, the he was twirling the sign. Oh, remember yeah. that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was his character's name? Like Snake or I don't remember. Shake or something. Squeeze. <laughs> it was Squeeze. What a great movie that was. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so before we start wrapping uh, wrapping this 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 episode up, uh, we're gonna get to our movie magic moments of the week, and this is again the part of the episode where we we are able to recommend something to you um, uh, that we've seen recently and reminded us why we love movies or television. Nadim, do you got anything? Yeah, uh, I have an honorable mention, which is Venom. The Tom Hardy romantic comedy of that course. opened not too long ago. <laughs> uh, and it feels like a superhero movie from the early 2000s that uh, was placed into a time machine uh, with its whole production crew and brought forward to today so they could shoot with contemporary actors and then uh, finished up and brought back to the early 2000s. They really don't make superhero movies like Venom anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but my real movie magic moment of the week is a fantastic piece of fan art. 
It's called Shrek Retold. <laughs> Have you heard of this? No. Shrek Retold. No. It's produced by a company, or not a company. It's produced by a group called 3GI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may know them from uh, Garden Cast, the podcast where they watch the same Olive Garden commercial <laughs> for about an hour on repeat and talk about it. <laughs> they also put on Shrek Fest every year in Madison, Wisconsin, a celebration of everything Shrek. And this year, <laughs> They've asked 200 <laughs> artists, uh, big names like DJ Doug Pound, David Liebehart, Snipers, Michael Cusack, lots of big animators, artists, musicians, to all collaborate and shot for shot, or not shot for shot, but scene for scene, remake Shrek. Okay. The, <laughs> I don't have to talk about Shrek anymore, yeah. <laughs> but it's... a amazing piece of fan art to watch 200 different artists reinterpret the film in their own special way scene mm-hmm. by scene it's really something that if you love shrek and i can't <laughs> imagine anyone who doesn't love shrek you have to see it it's free on youtube just search up shrek retold i have a feeling gene marie doesn't like shrek <laughs> <laughs> well okay i didn't really give it a chance okay. when i heard that eddie murphy played the donkey yeah i thought that was a little <laughs> too much so i decided to walk out mm, it's okay. great <laughs> it's great it's like watch even watching shrek retold which is not really at all like the original movie mm-hmm. uh it's still so apparent how charming that movie is and mm-hmm. how it really set the bar for kids movies mm-hmm. it, from 2001 on it seems like everyone is still trying to recapture the magic and charm and like the sense of friendship that shrek had mm-hmm and I don't think anyone has yet matched it. Hmm. Okay. Shrek, Shrek Retold? Shrek Retold. All it's right. free on YouTube. All right. I'll have to check that out. Jean Marie, what I do you got? I won't pay for it this time. <laughs> um, I saw A Christmas Tale, which is a French movie. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite actors, and of course I can't think of it right now, but uh, but he also stars in a movie called The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Yes, Which yes. I got a chance to see. Mm, okay. And so, you know, one led to the other. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment near the end where they've got you so shook up because this is a real story about a real man. He was the editor of Elle magazine mm-hmm. in Paris. And um, he had a major stroke. So the whole movie is about him having to interpret life through one eye mm-hmm. and only being able to communicate um, that way. And he writes a whole book, which was a bestseller, and mm-hmm. and they made a movie out of it. Okay. Um, Julian Schnabel directing. Yes. And at near the end, they start playing the music from 400 Blows. Oh. And I burst into t- I'm not a crier. I am <laughs> not a crier and I just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. So that's worth checking out. Okay. Either one of those, A Christmas Tale or um The Butterfly and the Diving Diving right. Bell and the Butterfly. And uh, he uh, oh, he he's doing something that we are going to open but the, uh, he has a new movie coming out that's opening at the Michigan State. Oh, it's at Eternity's Gate. Oh, at Eternity's Gate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mhm. Yes, Julian Schnabel. <laughs> he also made at, at Eternity's Gate that is opening at 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 the Michigan soon. He so, was at the Michigan, you know. 
He in, was. Uh, in his bathrobe and sunglasses. What? For what? As he is wont to do for penny stamps. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Really? Oh, I, When I, was that? Oh, God. That was at least a year and a half, two years ago. What? I, I don't pay enough attention to penny stamps. It kind of... It, it, oh, it, do. It, it's, it pays I know. off. I know. I, I try to see at least, at, least, at least one a year, but I, I, don't, uh, I don't give it enough... Uh, I don't take advantage of that being uh, being at the theater enough. So Christmas Tale. Thank you, Jean Marie. Absolutely. Uh, so mine, I, uh, I, I, I told you I was saving this to the end. I saw The Great Buster mm. that, that is uh, now playing at, oh, the, at, at, at the Michigan. How is that? It is fantastic. Mm. It's my movie magic moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, um, and it's, uh, it's continuing. We're going to be playing it December 10th through 13th. It was originally a limited engagement, and now we're, we're holding on to it for a few more days because it was so popular. It is a, a documentary oh, from Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, again, he's known for directing movies uh, Paper Moon and uh, the, last, the Last Picture Show. And this is his, his, he's calling it a celebration of Buster Keaton. And that is key because I, I, I was, I was looking at the materials of that and they all said a celebration. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a documentary. I, I get, I get, I, we all want to celebrate Buster Keaton, but that's exactly what this documentary was mm. because, uh, it, it kind of, it, it go, it'll go, it goes through the life of Buster Keaton. Uh, it like hits his, hits the high points in his career. And then when you think it's about the end, and it, 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 he he, you, you think it's going to end, and uh, I mean, obviously, you think the documentary is going to end at his death, and they kind of hit that point. But then there's a whole nother third act where they where they kind of they go back because they don't they don't they don't want to leave you at that kind of somber note. They want it to be happy. They want you to remember Buster Keaton for what he did best. So the entire there's an entire 20 minutes after you hit the, the death of his movie where it's like, wait a minute, we haven't talked about the general yet. So they go back and like, okay, so let's talk about really all the the biggest moments of of this man's life and all his 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 greatest accomplishments. And you leave the you leave the documentary feeling so happy, and you you really appreciate what Buster Keaton was and what he did. And I saw I saw it at about uh, it was like a late screening, like nine twenty five in the screening room. There are about four other people in the theater because not many people want to go watch a, a a documentary at 930 at night at the theater. But like I said, four people in the theater and I was I was I was I was dying. I was laughing so hard. And it, it was such it was such a nice movie to see. And he his comedy holds up um, his his physical feats were something that were never done before at the time and I can't think of another actor or that that has done that type of physical comedy since. No. It's something it was something so special what 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 he did. And I recommend that you go see it, The Great Buster, sticking around at the Michigan Theater. Thanks. I'm so glad it's staying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it and I, I mm-hmm. totally want to see that. Yes, I yes, yeah, go de- go go see it right now, Jean Marie. I will. Showtimes. <laughs> so, uh, thank you both for being on the podcast once thank again. You. Uh, thank you to the Ann Arbor District Library once again for letting for for giving us the space to talk about movies. Matt's in the booth. We thank him. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thank you all for listening. Email the podcast uh, btm at gmail uh, btmpod at gmail.com send us your movie magic moments anything that you're thinking about or send us questions we'd love to answer questions uh, on on the mic so anything that you're curious about 
shoot me an email. I'll, I'll happily respond and I'll happily talk about it uh, on the podcast. Uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. That's how people are going to uh, discover us. And we'll be back in your feed shortly. So thank you for joining us behind the marquee.